Welcome to the Nation's Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Hey, amazing to hear what God's doing in Cork. Praise God for, for what God's done in Noreen. I got a few praise reports and testimonies of what God's doing here in Myree on the ground. How about I share those with you? And uh, let's, be, uh, let's be full of expectation today, yeah? Are you expectant today? Yeah? Come on, we love the woman with the issue of blood. We admire her faith. But remember, the Bible says she went to Jesus because she heard the reports. She heard the reports of what Jesus had been doing. So they gave her the faith to believe for a breakthrough. So, hey, if, let these stir your faith. If He did it for them, He can do it for you. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, my heart is swollen and choked with so much awe and gratitude towards our God. I'm so thankful to be part of a Spirit-filled church. My daughter experienced her first encounter with the Lord during Sunday evening service uh, as we were both worshipping together. My daughter was wrestling with emotional pain and grief. She felt the Lord's peace wash over her, completely taking her pain. She's now declared that she feels His connection and loves God more than she loves anyone else, myself included. Please rejoice with me. He has answered my prayer. This was my heart's desire, that my daughter would come to love God and put Him above everyone else. I look forward to more more encounters, encounters, and I pray that she will burn with fire for him and him alone. Amen. Praise God. Come on, if you got kids, would he do it in them? Yeah. Amen. Here's another one. I walked in a summer camp feeling discouraged and let down. Pastor Ken prayed for me, and God healed and delivered me from past trauma and hurts of my dad, and he set me free from insecurities and fears. God also revealed to me things He has in store for my future. Then He gave me a gift of prophecy. And God has been giving me so many words for people that bring confirmation, clarity, and peace over their lives. God has prepared me to go out and see revival in my school and world. Incredible healing, freedom, purpose, prophetic gifting, being sent out. If He can do it for them, He can do it for me. Amen. Hey, last week, someone encountered the Holy Spirit powerfully and was healed of their gluten intolerance. If He can do it for them, He can do it for me. Amen. Last week, someone reported that after prayer, there is now no trace of cancer in their body. Come on, if He can do it for them, He can do it for Noreen, He can do it for me. Amen. Come on. My daughter, she got full-time work. Amen. If you need work, you need a job, He can do it for them, He can do it for you. Amen. Hey, one more, one more. I was trusting God for a new house to rent closer to the kids' school and a new job to pay for the house because I know how high rent is. Uh, one that would be flexible for school pickups and that. And God has done it. I got the job over 20 other applicants. The house is five minutes from the school so the kids can walk and be more independent. Praise God. If He's done it for them, He can do it for you. Amen. Does that stir your faith? Come on, do you need a breakthrough? Let's pray right now across this place. Close your eyes. If you need a breakthrough, lift your hands. Let these stir your faith. God, we thank You for Your sons and daughters encountering You and choosing to love You above all else, Lord. Would You do it in our kids? Would You do it in us, God? We declare Your healing hand over us and our families. Cancer be gone again in Jesus' Name. Freedom from trauma and healing from broken relationships, Lord. We speak to dietary intolerances and we say be finished in Jesus' Name. We pray that this week You would provide excellent job opportunities, places to stay and life-changing moments with You you in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, if He can do it for them, He is doing it for us. Amen. Praise God. Please, let's keep submitting praise reports. They lift our faith, yeah? We want to share and we want to be encouraged and see our faith rise as a church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gabe. Hey, let me ask you a question. 
Would you rather? Would you rather uh, live in a in a rental, right? But like work extra time so you can get some extra investment to really like 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 put in a pool and like maybe like an outdoor kitchen where there's a nice stone bench tops or maybe put like a spa bath in the bathroom or a double shower if that's what you're into, right? Or would you rather just make use of the rental that you're in and, uh, you know, make the best of it that you can whilst you, you, you work extra and you make extra intentional investments in your future home? Like, like putting in that extra work to make that extra special, maybe an extra room or two for, for family and friends to stay, because like, you know it'll be your forever home. Which one would you, would you, would you rather? Second one, yeah, like extra investments in it forever home, yeah. Well, listen, I've got news for you. If 10 of you sign up and if you can get 10 people then to sign no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you, all right, so everyone's saying oh, the, the second one. Well, well, why, not, why not the rental? Why, why not, right? Because, ah, it's, tem- it's just a rental, right? Like, you, you're, okay, you're all quite smart people. It, it's just a rental, right? You're only in it for a short while, right? Like you, you take what you can with you. Like you certainly couldn't take a pool or an outdoor kitchen with you, right? I want to submit to you today that what you're living in right now, your situation, your, your, your body, your workplace, it's just a rental. It is just a rental. The Bible says outwardly we are wasting away, right? You, you can't fight it. You know, I can't fight the fact that I can't play basketball like I used to when I was 18. You know, I used to be able to get up there and dunk. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, I, I wasn't doing, you know, like these like 360. I was just like, just get up there and get it in. But I could do it. I can't, I can't get up there anymore. You know, I can't. I can't. But, you know, we got to understand our time on earth our physical bodies, everything we own or acquire, it's just a rental. It's just a rental. Turn to someone and say, this is not your home. That new person's like, what? But you just gave me a bag and it says, welcome home. I've been praying for a place, to a church. To, and, well, this isn't it. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. We'll, we'll go there. But the, the Bible says we are foreigners and exiles in this land, right? You know, some translations actually say we are aliens, right? Don't look at your wife right now. It's not going to explain things. It says all of us are aliens, right? We need to understand that this is not our home. Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven. You're a citizen of heaven, right? And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies that can't dunk anymore so that they will be like His glorious body. We eagerly await a Savior. You see, heaven is where you belong. This is not where you belong, right? We are eagerly awaiting our Saviour to come and transform us into His glory. It's going to be glorious. But here's where we encounter a problem. It's in the waiting. In the waiting, our life's focus can be about trying to make it feel comfortable or or trying to find value and acceptance here or or investing our our heart and soul to to do it up, to make it something great. But at the end of the day, this is just a rental. This is the trap that we can fall into as Christians. You know, we're saved but distracted. Or or we're waiting but not working for what matters, right? Or, Or we're Christian but we're more focused on comfort. 
You see, and so Paul writes this to us in Colossians 1, verse 9 to 14. For this reason, so this is, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us in the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." There's a lot of text in there, a lot of words. Normally when I read Paul's stuff, I have to like read it a lot of times. So like, wait, what are you actually saying? So I've done some hard work and I've paraphrased for you. All right, here we go. He says, we're praying nonstop for you to really get it, like for you to get it, to really understand and grasp, but that you're called, you're designed, you're created for, uh, uh, to live all in for God, right? Like serving Him, bearing good fruit, reaching people, Tapping into his power to keep on going with the mission when it gets hard. To keep on going with this God-given message, mission, which is not the pursuit of comfort, but it's to follow God and reach others. That's, the, that's what we're giving strength and endurance for. And that you do it with joy, knowing that God has an incredible eternity's worth of heavenly goodness waiting for you and I. Right, And we can do this and we want to do it all because He saved and redeemed us by shedding His blood for you and I. Amen? That was a pretty good paraphrase. Hey, I was thinking that maybe I could do, like, do my own translation, the message 2.0. I reckon there could be some good money in that. Uh, it's just a rental. It's just a rental. It's just a rental. But in the waiting, so in, as we're eagerly awaiting the Savior, we're called to live in the light of eternity. So to live a life worthy of the Lord, right? That lives with an acute awareness of what the Lord has done. And so we live to bring His kingdom come, right? As we await entering into His glory. And so there's a few questions we can ask ourselves to, to check whether we're, we're, we're living like this is actually a rental or maybe we've been trying to do this thing up instead of investing into our forever home. So the question, first question I want to ask you is, is whose culture do you carry? Whose culture do you carry? When you, when you really know where you come from, right, you can't help but bring your culture, right? You know, my, my friend Yanka, her family, they're South African, right? And so they started up this incredible restaurant and store with all these amazing South African foods, you know? And I've been educated, and now I can say bachut and denke and lekker, you know? That's all I got. Um, but, 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 you know, now I know how good Fedcook is and like Borovos and Biltong. Like, I had no idea, right? But that's a part of their culture, and they couldn't help but bring that with them to where they are, right? If you're a Filipino, in a Filipinos here, yeah, yeah. So none of you in the 9 a.m. You're still asleep, weren't you? All right. The, if you hang out with Filipinos or, or Indonesians, right, they will show you how to do a family feast, right? Whereas if you come to like an Aussie barbecue, we're like, okay, how many people are coming? There's about 20. Let's just get an 18 pack of sausages. I reckon Maureen probably won't have any. Annie uh, Sophie, she want, she can have salad. Like, you know, we're like, we're, we're cutting, we'll measure it, you know. Whereas like, it's a feast, right? <laughs> they can't help but carry their culture and where they are, right? Similarly, when we understand we're citizens of heaven, right? We need to be people that carry the culture of heaven, of the kingdom, right? We should be different to the world around us because we got a God inside of us, amen? Now, 
throw this out, right? If a Filipino never hung out with other Filipinos, they just clearly wouldn't be Filipino, right? Like, but, but, but say they never hung out with other Filipinos, they never spoke Tagalog, you know, they never ate Filipino food, but they just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do my Filipino walk personally. You know, that's just something I do with me, right? They would, they would cease to be Filipino, right? They would just sound like Aussies, they'd be like whatever culture they're in, right? Is it not the same for us, right? Especially gathering together as Christians, even more so in today's day and age where, where we're not in a Christian society anymore, right? All the more, we have to be intentional in being planted in God's house and planted in, in small group discipleship and community, which we call connect groups here, right? Someone once said, be in a connect group or be a Babylonian. Okay, no one ever said that. I just said that now, right? <laughs> And I'll explain that in a minute. Okay, maybe you won't become a Babylonian if you don't go to Connect Group. But, but you actually increase your children's chances of becoming Babylonians, right? Because let me ask you this question, right? If, if your kids aren't growing up in a Connect Group or, or, or planted in the youth ministry when they're teenagers, right? Who will be their mates in life, right? Who will point them to Jesus or push them in their walk with God, right? If, it, if, if this isn't their community, somewhere else will be. And who knows what culture they'll carry, right? You know, more than ever... We're a Daniel generation living in Babylon, right? We're in a pre-Christian era here in Australia, right? You don't understand. Kids don't know who the baby in a manger is anymore. You understand that? They don't know. You know, that Santa, Christmas gifts, a holiday family, food. They don't know who this Jesus in a manger is. More than ever, we have a culture that's not reinforcing what we believe, all right? It says don't stand out. Don't be different. Be who the media says you be, should be. You know, be the, be the minorities that they celebrate. But don't stand up for what you believe in. Just be quiet. Stay in your corner. And God is looking for His people to represent Him, to carry the culture of heaven, to stand as sons and daughters of His kingdom in foreign lands. You see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they chose to honor God above all else. I don't have time, but I want to encourage you to read those, those first few chapters of Daniel. Once you kind of get past Daniel 6 or 7, it gets a bit like apocalyptic and prophetic. A bit hard to understand. But the first like, handful of chapters, they're great. You go for it, right? Um, but, but we see they chose to honor God above all else to not bow to the culture and pressures of society around them, to pray and seek his face when it was illegal, right? That's why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, because he's like, I'm not going to stop seeking and worshipping my God, right? To stand firm for God, even to the point of death. We won't worship a statue. We worship God alone, right? To say no to the fleshly pleasures enjoyed by the Babylonians, to maintain a purity and devotion to the Lord. All of that, that's not easy to do. But man, God loves it when his kids choose him over everything else. And he says, wow, you choose me, I'm going to respond to that. And it says God gave them great favor. In Daniel chapter 1, it says he gave them supernatural knowledge and understanding. He gave them visions and dreams and the ability to interpret visions and dreams. In, in chapter 2 and 3, they have exponential promotion. They get favor among kings. They get societal influence, right? In Daniel 5, it says they get favor among the next generation and the next king and generational influence. What I see here is when you decide I'm going to carry the culture of heaven, God decides I'm going to cover and carry you. Glad, thanks. <laughs> My point isn't that if we honor God, we'll get promotion and favor and we can do up the rental, right? It's going to be great. It'll be really nice for us. No, my point is the Lord pours out when we're being faithful to Him and His kingdom. 
And, cause, and his desire for his kingdom to be on the earth, that's his desire, right? That none would perish. And so if you're bringing his kingdom on earth, well, then he'll increase your influence and favor among men so you can be even more effective in bringing his kingdom to earth, right? It's a beautiful partnership with our king because this is the end goal. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25 and 27. Then King Darius, not an Israelite, not Jewish, right? Wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, Live long and prosper. No, no, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. You see, the whole purpose of Babylonians was to turn the Israelites into Babylonians. But here we see the Babylonian king is declaring who Israelites God is across the nations. Right? That is the cause that the end goal is that nations would declare him Lord. That's why this church exists. Nations church. God is looking for his people to not conform, but to be transformed, to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. You bring the kingdom of heaven. You bring the culture of where you're from into your spaces. You're called to be an influencer, not to be influenced, right? You're called to change atmospheres. You carry the one who holds power, freedom, purpose for all. You're the head, not the tail. Don't fit in, but fit out. You see, when you fit in, uh, you try to match what's happening around you. You drink too much at the work gigs, just like everyone else. You keep that miracle to yourself, because that's a Christian thing, you know? Like, or, or you silence those promptings in your, in your spirit to, to speak up and offer compassion when someone's gone through something. Because, well, that's just not really what happens at your workplace or your university. We don't, people don't talk like that here. But you see, when you fit out a place... You take what's inside you and you change the environment around you. You say, man, it's a bit dark over here. How can we brighten that space up a bit, right? You fit it out, right? Like you bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres, right? You shine Christ wherever you are, including at that work gig, right? You recognize that miracle in your family isn't just for your family, but it's to stir your faith to bring that same miracle into your neighbors and into your colleagues' life, right? If you got healed, step out and bring healing to others. Fitting out the place means choosing to bring light into the darkness and truth where there's deception in people's souls. It's ushering in heaven into your workplace, your home, your university, your football club, whatever it may be. Heaven is your home. It's your culture. So bring it. You know, once I had Biltong, it changed my life. How much more so in the culture we carry does it have the power to change lives? Amen? Don't try to fit in. You don't fit because you're not from here. Don't be a weirdo for the sake of it, but, but bring the kingdom of heaven, right? Be like Jesus who loves people. He brings joy, peace, freedom, right? And we can believe that God will partner with us and nations will come to his light. Incredible. This is just a rental. So what culture are you bringing into it? Let me ask you another question. Whose kingdom are you building? Is it the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of me? The kingdom of comfort or the kingdom of finance and making a name for the family? Here's a challenging scripture. Jesus says in Luke 12, verse 15 to 21, Then he said to them, 
Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And that challenges me. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, oh man, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, ah, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, oh, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, drink, eat, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The Bible says we're fools when we're storing up things for ourselves, but aren't rich towards God, aren't living in the light of eternity. Now, I just, I feel so much that there's someone here today and, and you've put all your energy into building a financial legacy and you've neglected building a spiritual legacy. But I feel the Lord saying it's not too late. Your time isn't up yet. God is kind and he's revealing this to you now so you, so you can change things. You can leave a lasting eternal impact in the world around you and in your family. It's not too late for your family, but there's going to be a cost in the natural, in the financial, but he trusts you to make it because you're not a fool. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9. Paul says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into so many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That word rich means pluteo which means wealthy or to have a lot of stuff that could be clothes or games or cars. It, could be, it means investing in the things that don't go beyond this world. So here's what I want you all to do. I want you to come place all your cash, your credit cards, your jewellery, your watches, your car keys, just up the front here on the altar. I'll decide what we're going to do with those and you be blessed. <laughs> no, no, look, we celebrate the new car. And the promotions, and, and none of that is bad. But if our ultimate priority isn't our Lord and His kingdom, then we're fools, and it all amounts to nothing. Imagine getting to the end of your life and it amounted to nothing. Let our treasure not be where moth and rust destroy, but let them be in eternity, amen. You know, back in 2015 and into 2016, when uh, Pastor Tam and I, we were sent to, to plant the, the campus in Phnom Penh and, and uh, it was really clear what God had said, like you, you had a sole focus, we're there to go and, and start this thing, invest in the Cambodians, raise them up as leaders, give them the church and get out of here, we're done, you know, that, that's why we're there and so that was, alright, That we got work to do, we're on mission and, and so we didn't spend money on things, we didn't try to find hobbies, like I didn't, I love basketball, I didn't pray it play it for the first two or three years. I didn't touch a ball. We didn't even try to make friends. Like We'll just invest into the relationships that we have within church. We're here to build into them. You know what? We, our, our house, we lived in an apartment above the church office and Pastor Tam was still late to work. <laughs> but we, that, we were there. We had work to do, right? Now, God had to take us on a journey of, of, of what it means to put roots down and, and, and to truly love the people and the nation and not just, this is work to do and see you later. And now we'll forever, ever love that country. And I get emotional just even talking about it. I love Phnom Penh and what God's doing there. But, but we've got to understand, like, I, I want you to catch the, 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 the point I'm trying to make here um, is that 
you know, when you know it's not your home, you don't work hard to make it comfortable. Like, you, like we were there with work to do, right? Like, because it, it, comfort isn't the goal. And so, you know, and I asked you, would you rather do up a rental or invest into a forever home? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, are you bending over backwards to build yourself a financial legacy or, or just have the most comfortable and glorious home and life when it's all going to mean nothing when your time on earth ends? You know, don't get me wrong. Right? When I renovate my kitchen and my laundry, like I'm buying those dishwasher drawer things. And, and I've heard you can get a washing machine and dryer in one. Like, so you, it washes and then it dries them and then you put them on. Like, it's amazing, right? And so absolutely, like I want to invest in those things right? Um, in Jesus' name. But, but, but that's so I'm more free to invest in the kingdom. Right? And, and, and if God was to say, all right, I need you to give it away or I need you to sell it because I'm sending you somewhere else. You know what I would say? I would say, are you sure? It's a really good investment. I could take it with us. Like, we could box it up. We could... And then if he said, no, I'm sure, I'd say, okay, let's go. Like, let's go. Like, like everything I have is just a rental. Amen. If you want to send us elsewhere, we're in because this, this is a rental. This is the only time I got. I want to invest it into the kingdom. And I'm not saying don't have stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. Yeah, ha- have finance, but use it as a tool for an eternal impact. Amen. Right, your wealth is not the goal, it's a tool for kingdom impact, for kingdom work. Your caravan, it's it's a vehicle for you to shine Jesus at a campsite where there's people who who you will never encounter to be able to show them the love of Jesus. Right? Your iPhone 20, it takes amazing photos which can display testimonies or the glory of God in his creation that can start a conversation with someone about faith. Your comfy couch, that can be used to counsel people or fellowship, right? Or reading your Bible. Yeah, this is not your home. Comfort is not the goal, but build the kingdom. You know, just like we were missionaries in Cambodia, you and I, we're on mission here. You got kingdom work to do. Remember, Paul was praying nonstop for us to get this, to live a life worthy of the Lord. Man, oh, if we all behave like short-term missionaries all the time. Has anyone been on a missions trip before? You went for like a week, two weeks maybe? And man, you come in. I'm on the other side, right? So I'm in Phnom Penh. And you guys come in and you're full of faith. I've been praying. I've been fasting. We're getting up at 6 a.m. No worries. I'll be ready. I'll have already had my devotional time. All right, you need me to clean the floors? Okay, you want me to paint the ceiling? I'll paint it. You know what? We're on a hard mattress. That's okay because we're on mission, baby. We're here to serve the Lord. <laughs> It's not our home. We'll go back to Perth where it'll be nice and cosy and I can relax then. It's two weeks. I can, I can hustle it out. I can grind it out, right? No, Perth needs you on mission too, right? Fix your eyes on heaven. That's going to be even better than nice and cosy Perth. This is just a rental. Use it to be on mission and to build his kingdom while we're waiting to be taken into glory. Philippians 4 verse 12 to 13. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You see, Paul's secret of contentment wasn't something he achieved by willpower. You know, we just need less stuff. We're just going to live with nothing and be content. No, Paul had a deep, deep conviction that everything he had and everything he went through was momentary. And that the Lord was preparing him for an eternal glory that far outweighed any challenge on earth or any good thing on earth. So he could say, man, no sweat, I'll be okay. And even though stuff's really rough right now and maybe I'm not okay, heaven is coming and I'll be okay there. We got to get that perspective shift, amen. When we know 
that this is not our home, we can ask ourselves this question, does it really matter? What I'm being bothered about, does it really matter? What I'm striving for, staying up late for, does it really matter? Is this the best investment of my time when I'm thinking in the light of eternity? Right? Does what I'm pouring most of my time, my thoughts, my creativity, my energy, my money into, does it echo in eternity? Is this an earthly treasure that I'm stressing about or trying to obtain? You know, I'm not saying don't do your job, don't be a good steward, but what's got your heart? Who's got your heart? You see, the enemy can't take our salvation, but if we can get consumed with things that don't matter in eternity, that don't impact the kingdom of heaven, well, he lessens our win. You see, we have the victory in Christ. We know where we're going, but if we do nothing, that increases the losses. So what does really matter while we're here in this rental? What echoes in eternity? What are the treasures we can store up in heaven? Let's get clear on what our kingdom investments can look like. All right, oh, investments. Let's talk investments. All right. First one, seeing people saved, souls saved, souls saved. In Luke 15, it says heaven, there's a party in heaven. It says when one person, one, there's billions of people and it says when one person turns and repents and says, God, I want to follow you, heaven goes crazy. That's how much it means to see one person be saved. Revelation 21 verse 3 to 4 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. This is what's to come for every person that has chosen to follow Christ. This is just a glimpse of it. It's going to be glorious. And so every little seed we sow, every word of Christ that we speak, every time that we, we step out to share or we, there's an invitation that leads someone to coming to know Jesus, that echoes in eternity. We get to play a part in them enjoying eternity with God. Their eternity being forever shifted from darkness into light, free from pain, full of His glory. You know, our mandate is to see the lost found. This is who we are this is not just corporately outworked. We do a salvation call at the end of ourselves. No, this is each of us playing our part in the body to reach those far from God. So who are you reaching this year? Who are you helping to know the Lord? Even in your connect group, maybe ask your connect leader, can I help with the discipleship of a new believer in the connect? Can I catch up with them? Can I join the new believers team? Yes, you can. Who are you helping to know the Lord? Second one, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, physical training is good. I've got to do more than that, more of that. But training for godliness is much better. Phew. All right, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Number two, spiritual maturity. When we grow closer to the Lord, when we allow Him to prune and to shape us, to deal with pride and brokenness in our hearts, when we draw closer to Him, we reap the benefits here and in the life to come. You see, your intimacy with God goes with you. It does, right? So how are you maturing this year? What are you putting in place? Is it Nations College perhaps? Is it, is it doing life activated to discover more about the Lord? How you can be activated in your faith? Is it prioritizing revival prayer to grow in your prayer life? Is it saying, okay, family, we're going to be at Connect no matter what. We're going to be there, right? We're putting these things on as a church, not so we can put on more things, right? It's so you can be discipled and transformed. So you can grow in your spiritual maturity because you take that with you. Number three, service to God, service to others. 
Colossians 3, 23, 24, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that your master you're serving is Christ. Matthew 19, 29 and 30, everyone who's left houses or brother or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Every time you say, I'm serving the Lord, or you serve someone in the name of the Lord, when you set up those chairs for that Love Community Day, when, when you got up early to practice, when, when, when you covered the teams in prayer, when, when you laid down having a sleep in to be here to serve, when you laid down maybe a night with your family to go and, and serve, not every night, all right, right? But, or, or you laid down your leisure time to serve the King, God says, I'll honor that in eternity. I'll remember, I'll reward that in eternity. How are you serving Him this year? What? Who are you serving this year? And the last one, so we had souls saved, we had spiritual maturity, serving others. And the last one, it's got to start with an S2. So let's go supplication. means prayer, intercession, asking God, right? We've been given authority in Christ in heaven and earth to loose and to bind, to intercede, to change the direction of governments and individuals that echoes in eternity. Our intercession is powerful, Amen. You're like, oh, okay, what should I pray for? Just start praying. Pray for anything. Pray for court. We just heard from Roland what God's doing there. Pray for Phnom Penh. You know, pray for your pastors. Pray for campuses that are not yet planted. Why don't you pray a campus into fruition in your neighborhood, right? Or in your home country, amen? What are you praying for this year? Are you praying like someone's eternity depends on it? Worship team, you come join me. I'm out of time. This is just a rental. Let's make investments into our forever home, yeah? Let's, let's invest in a seeing souls saved, into spiritually maturing, into serving Him, and into supplicating, praying, asking God. These are how we can live in the light of eternity. These are how we can make deposits that matter. Looks like that gives us all something to do, yeah? yeah. This is just a rental. It's a short-term rental. Life is short, and we'll be heading to our home, which will be glorious, but in the waiting, we've got work to do. Nations Church, Myra, we've got work to do. This is a big, comfy church, but we've got work to do. This is not our home. This is not where it ends. And this is even on earth, this is not where you're all meant to stay. We're going to plant. We're going to send out. We've got to get used to that, yeah? Because we've got kingdom work to do, yeah? Amen? So in 2024, what are you living for? Who are you living for? We can't be a people who waste time in the waiting, who spend all our investment on a rental, who sit out when it's time to stand up. But nah, Nations Church Myri, we are a people who bring the culture of heaven here to our world, right? We're going to build the kingdom of God. We're going to see souls saved. We're going to grow together. We're going to grow spiritually. We're going to serve with all that we are. And we're going to pray and see heaven and earth collide. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church Podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.